Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today, a really, really incredible company called Biotricity. I mean, and, and when you hear about the technology here and how it links over to consumer markets, you guys are going to be so excited. And I don't think we've ever had on a company like this in nearly 400 episodes. You're going to love my guest, Dr. Wakas Al-Sadiq. It's so great to have you on. Chairman, CEO, and founder of Biotricity. Man, it's so great to have you on, Wakas. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, man. It's so great having you on. Um, man, I had so much fun researching and learning about you and the company. And like I said, we really haven't covered this space um, and, and at all. And so I'm so excited to unpack that today. Um, before we jump into like the company and the products and all of that, I, tell a little bit about yourself and what you were doing before Biotricity. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I'm an engineer and economist by training, have a doctorate in business. Um, and so, you know, did the big engineering thing uh, early on in my career, then went to investment banking and, uh, you know, just looking at different technologies and whatnot. And uh, that's when I got the entrepreneurial bug uh, and and left investment bank, banking and jumped into cloud computing. But I always saw that the future was really in this connected health space because back when I was doing my grad work, um, I focused uh, on remote monitoring of remote environments. So, you know, like environmental monitoring, IoT, and, and uh, uh, outside there. And so I always tell, thought that the application would be most interesting for monitoring ourselves. And so that, you know, transformed many years later, I was like, there's a gap. Nobody's really doing it. The future's going that way. Uh, I didn't see much activity around it. And I had a, a few years of entrepreneurial experience under my belt, a couple exits, and said, you know what? I'm going to do it myself and, and and I want to control the vision. And so here we are. That's so cool. I love that. And yeah, so for those listening, IoT, Internet of Things, like just blowing up right now and exploding because of the ability to manage lots and lots of data. Now, the technology platforms around IoT have just enabled that. And there's brand new analytics that just make it even more powerful. And sensors are a big part of that in production and manufacturing and in devices, right? So in the devices in your home and what you're going to hear about today. So, um, okay, so here's my question. My first question is, it's one thing to say, I want to launch a new type of salsa, okay? And I make a batch at home, and then I figure out the manufacturing and, and tr you know trial and roll it to market. But dude, how do you start a medical technology company in, in this space? I mean, that's it doesn't seem like that would be so simple. Like, how did, how did you even begin? No, no, it's in, it's incredibly complicated. And, and healthcare, so it's interesting, right? So, you know, they always say that, oh, 90% of startups fail, right? So, well, in healthcare, it's even more complicated because you've got the first failure of just, is somebody going to buy my product? Well, is my product going to work, right? And, and in the healthcare space, you have to go through FDA clearance. So, great, you got this FDA clearance. And many medical device companies fail because they don't get FDA clearance. Right. So, you get the FDA clearance and the product works. So, great, and, and, and it's safe and effective. And then you're like, great, I can go to market. Oh, but wait, there's this insurance thing. So then you're like, wait a minute, nobody told me about that. And so then you're stuck in this second <laughs> level of like startup mode where you're like, okay, now I got to figure out actually how to commercialize. So oh it's, a, it's a two uh, punch uh, game in healthcare. And this is where many medical device companies fail in the first step. And, in, and if they get past FDA, then they get, they fail on the reimbursement side. Sure. And so, 
what we did at Biotricity and what I did was I understood this in the beginning. And so I said, okay, good. we're not going to repeat both failures, right? right. So we're going to work backwards. Mm. We're going to see where's the reimbursement and the insurance related to this idea of remote monitoring. Let's analyze that entire space. And then we would analyze all that space. Of course, of course, we looked at cardiac because cardiac is the biggest mar- market. So it was a very sure. methodical approach. Absolutely. So we figured out the commercialization piece first, and then went backward, and then developed, um, uh, you know, our platform and applied it to the specific technology sensors that were related to that commercialization strategy. And then we got through FDA, and then we went to commercialization. So it was it was like this: uh, we were attacking it from two different sides uh, simultaneously, and that's. Uh, that was a that was a smart move, and uh, it worked. Wow! And like, how long did that take? Like, start to finish, from I think I have an idea here to getting something that was working and relevant. Yeah. So, uh, great question. So, you know, we I, I basically decided I'm going to do this healthcare company um, crazily <laughs> at the end of <laughs> at the end of 2014. Got it. And so, um, built the platform, uh, and then you know. B- b- uh, and, and once we built the platform, then I was like, okay, well, now we've got to apply this in the cardiac and the technology space. Right. And so we got our FDA clearance at the end of 2017, spent the first year on the commercialization insurance and all that. And then 2019, we relaunched the product. So, you know, I'd say the journey from, uh, from you know, concept to FDA clearance was that first part of that journey, which was uh, a three-year journey. And then uh, one year for the commercialization, and then you know we launched the product, which I think is very very fast for right. I was uh, going to say company. in this space, fast. I'm sure some people listening are like, oh my god, like I would want to roll it out within the first year. You're like you think about other types of consumer products, right? That's crazy. Yep. Um, well, uh, that's and, amazing. And it's usually seven years. In oh my gosh, seven years. Okay, and so <laughs> what made it fast for you guys? And then what did it look like? Who did you have to lean into to help you with this? So I mean. Of course, to lean in, it was about recruiting team people from the from the space and whatnot. I'm actually the original designer of the product myself, so wow. uh, so sixty percent of it. Now I have much smarter people who design stuff. Um, so, but you know, there is there is remnants of it um, that that are still mine. But in terms of you know how we were able to fast track, so one was we understood the commercialization strategy first, so that right away shaves all of the commercialization point because in our first year, once we had the product cleared after three years, we basically launched immediately. And then it was just about uh, figuring out the commercialization, the go-to-market strategy and the insurance for one year, but the pathway was already there. And usually, you know, companies are struggling after spending, you know, five to seven years developing a product, they're spending another in healthcare, five to three to five years trying to figure out commercialization. So we, we removed all of that. So that was, that was very good. And then the other way that we uh, really fast-tracked is this idea of parallelization, which I'm a big proponent of, which is that, you know, in general, people think of things as, you know, a sequential process, right? Um, and, uh, you, you know, you're, you, you're using that example of a salsa, right? Sure. Okay, I'm going to have a recipe. <laughs> right. I'm going to do it one, two, three, four, five. Exactly. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> five, three, and seven are not dependent on one, two. So why don't we do those in parallel? Oh. You go and you do those separately and I'll do this separately. And and then we mix it all together at the end, provided that it doesn't you know uh, mess up the recipe. And so whatever could be parallelized, we parallelize, right? Got so it. if something was not dependent, the, the teams are running in complete parallel, almost like in silos, right? 
Um, and, and, and not, I mean, nothing's really a silo in a startup, but it's like, Hey, don't confuse each other, right? Sure. Focus on your task at hand, get totally. that thing done. And so that, that parallelization, uh, ended up creating, uh, a shortcut. Wow. Now, okay. Help our audience with where this shows up for them. Like where would they see your product or like, what's your target market? What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So we have 1500 cardiologists that use our product across 23 states. So the core product that we have is for diagnostics. So you're complaining of something, you have a symptom, you end your, your GP, your internist, or you have a cardiologist and they take you uh, and they say, Hey, we, we, we need to figure out what's going on with you. And you'd find our device as a prescription uh, from your cardiology, from your cardiologist. And he would give it to you or she would give it to you for a week. It would, it would collect your data and analyze it in real time. It's a smart device. And if it detects anything that's wrong with you while you're wearing this device, it'll actually alert the doctor or 911 to deal with emergency response, which is a game changer because traditionally it's passive recording, right? Where you're sitting around and storing this data. And two weeks later, you get a report versus getting it instantaneously and being able to deal with emergency response. And so that is, uh, I think, a game changer from our perspective. And then to add to that, we have a second product that's coming out, which is a consumer product. So we've taken all of our med tech know-how and we've created this uh, consumer access point, right? So for people at risk, people who have been diagnosed, people who are just interested in their health, and this is going to be released in the next uh, month or so, uh, and it's called BioHeart, which is uh, uh, BioHeart.com. And that product is the only product of its kind in the marketplace for long-term continuous data collection of the heart. Otherwise you're using an Apple watch for 30 seconds or so that's a unique thing on the, on the B2C side that we're just getting into now. That's really cool. Yeah. For those who haven't checked out the BioHeart, there's a whole site for it, BioHeart.com. And it's really cool. You wear like, and, and you know, maybe I'm saying this wrong, but you wear like, it's almost like a strap, like around your waist or a little higher than that. Right. So it's collecting all kinds of information in real time, which is amazing. Maybe I didn't say that correctly, yeah, but that's the way I would describe it. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. It's a strap. I'm actually wearing one right now. Oh, very so, cool. And okay. it's cool. And, and it's cool because it continuously collects data. So if you see some sort of issue or you're saying, hey, you know, I don't know what's going on. Um, I can go back and look at my data retroactively. Um, you learn things. You know, I, I mean, I, sl- I sleep with it and uh, I noticed that, you know, for some reason at 5 a.m., my heart rate starts uh, increasing. And it turns out... It, <laughs> that's a natural way of actually waking up. Right. So, and so it's my, it's my like internal clock and it doesn't matter whether I have an alarm clock or not. Uh, it's, it's the process of waking me up and I automatically wake up. So now I know why I always wake up, uh, you know, without, uh, an alarm. So interesting. So, okay, this is going to, this will sound like a dumb question. So don't laugh if it is, but like, so when I think about the timeline from like seven, right, you said with seven years to get product rolled out, and uh, did your idea have to change at all to meet a market shift? Or is it like the market demand was what it was at year one is the same as it was at year seven? Does that make sense? Like, like w- w- when you were designing this, did you know in six or seven years it would still be relevant? Does that, you know what I mean? No, no, that's a good question. No. So we, we absolutely knew that, you know, healthcare moves very slowly, right? So Got it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I so forgot so about that part. <laughs> Yeah, so that's one thing, right? Because the whole clearance process, developing of the technology takes so long. Um, but in our case, of course, we did it faster than seven years, right? Sure. So now we're now we're uh, seven years in. Um, but what ended up happening was that we 
we ended up not from a product perspective, but once we released a product, what really changed was because we're very uh, software. So our product is, it's a solution, right? It's a device that sure. works with software, the data, the analytics and all that stuff. So we built in a lot of future uh, future elements when we built the product because we were looking forward, forward, uh, forward looking. And then the software changed a lot, um, you know, features, releases. And it was a good thing the way we designed our device, we controlled the entire cellular network. So we had, we have the cellular technology built into the device. So it communicates directly. So you don't, it doesn't need a cell phone or anything. And so that enabled us to do over-the-air updates and really change the game when it came from data management. And so that is parts of, uh, and, and I think, you know, even now to, uh, today, we're constantly changing the software cloud side, you know, every four months, um, new features, new updates, and that's uh, really tracking and and um, adjusting to the market demand, right? And the market sure. needs. Wow. No, very, very cool. And, you know, did I know you said you built it. Like, did you, how did you know how to like make a product like this in other words did you you know to make the strap the 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 housing did did you already know that or is that something you had to like sort out and figure out in terms of manufacturing no no is that something that was very unique right so i was my, my thing was i originally created with my uh team of engineers like just a prototype i'm like listen this is what we need to do Got all it. these straps and all these things are useless <laughs> right we need to do a three channel this thing whatever and so we put it on and we designed it and it and it like it was like a little i still have the original thing it was like a little you know uh, garage made device and, and it worked right, <laughs> right, and, right. and and that was fantastic and actually so the funny thing is the original product the actually the original product changed because the original original product that i designed even the diagnostic device right it had a strap and uh a, a cable oh so we had to remove cable. the strap <laughs> yeah it, it. A, a, but we had to we had to remove the strap because uh, in the diagnostic, because it uses a cable um, or, or, or like a contact point, right? Because nobody understood ECG <laughs> with the strap. Like the healthcare market did not understand it. They're like, what are you talking about? Right. And so, but I always thought that was the future. And so then, when I created the BioHeart, you know, we had this strap and we were collecting ECG, but nobody, nobody's done ECG on a strap for right. three channels before. Wow. And why not? Just because, like, just the technology hadn't been there, or people haven't innovated it, or and so tight uh, wasn't really. You know, there's a lot of signal issues, attenuation, a lot of noise and whatnot. And so basically, I went to the guys. I'm like, listen, if I'm sitting and I can collect the signal, there's got to be a way to clean all of this stuff. So go figure that out. <laughs> go right. figure out the strap. <laughs> <laughs> That's and hilarious. so they went and they figured out. Yeah, so they went and they figured out the strap, and I have like I don't know ten different versions of it, and I've tried all different types and stuff. So finally, we landed on this, which works, which has the right type of contact point that can collect and and it deals with all of the signal stuff. That of course changes software. So you know, the concept was, I think this is possible. Here's a quick prototype that that pr is a proof of concept that proves that this works. Right now, go figure it. Now, now let's go figure it out. Got it. And then, okay, it's one thing to get approved and you have a finished product, it's ready to go. How did you start getting people to buy in? You mentioned 1,500 doctors that will, will prescribe this, quote unquote. Like, how did you get buy in to even at least try it? That was a, a process, right? So, we, of course, we hired a sales force. We have a direct sales force. Got it. Um, and my first sales guys, I found people who had relationships with cardiologists. Perfect. Perfect. And so they could. 
you know, you get to those cardiologists, you work with them, you do a relationship thing and, and it works. But at the end of the day, also, this is where commercialization stands. They'll love to try something, but they're not going to use it regularly if they're, if they don't understand how reimbursement works. Right. So you have right. to show them, Hey, this is reimbursable. Hey, if you use this, you will get, uh, uh, the, the insurance will pay for it. And so once we had that and we had a few guys, um, that were using the product and they were willing to endorse and speak to it, then, you know, we started the, we started expanding our sales force and I have a direct sales force and they go, you know, door to door, if you will. And, and they go to hospitals and they open up these markets and they, and they, and they close customers. Now, you know, it's very different now because, you know, early on, it's like, well, who's used your product before, uh, right. you know, three doctors, <laughs> right. Pilot. Right three people. Like, right. <laughs> exactly. Right. So now it's like, well, uh, you know, who's used your product? Well, 1500. Yeah. Now that, that brings along additional challenges, like, like, um, scale, right. So you get 1500 doctors on, they're all prescribing. Like, how have you scaled like the actual product? In other words, how do you make it available to that many? No, absolutely. So that's a, that's a, you know, an ongoing and, and, and we scale and we grow our sales force and our operational force to basically align with that in service because all of these clients have to be serviced. And so as we expand and as we open, um, we, we expand our team and, you know, uh, now we have, you know, we started in three States and now we have a 23 state footprint and our sales force is, you know, uh, four times the size that it was. Interesting. It's amazing. Right. I I was reading the number of what, 290, 290% year over year growth for Q1 revenue. I mean, it's amazing. What has driven that? Has it just been a, adoption? You know what I mean? I'll call it expansion and with additional um, cardiologists picking it up. What's What's been the big driver on the growth? Yeah, so there's multiple uh, aspects of of our stuff, which is statistically even me is for me is, is a little astonishing. <laughs> so one thing is, um, which is I guess a good thing to say. Right, um, right. So one one of the things that has really driven it is this is better tech, right? It's it's safer for the patient. It's Got it's it. better for the patient. You, I mean, we save lives every day, right? I mean, there's a lady that was called up just like a week ago. She's like, ma'am. Um, you know, where's your, uh, where's your husband? My husband's taking a nap. No, your husband's heart has stopped. Right. Oh my God. Can you, please, wow. and you so, so she was alerted. She thinking, thinking, is thinking her husband is, is taking a nap. We get the, uh, the gentleman in, he gets his, uh, pacemaker. He survives. Right. Wow. And so in that, that case, to me is total payoff. On, like to me beyond correct. the sales, it's like, that is the reason that's your why, you know what I mean? No, yeah, that's the why. So, and, and instead of a holter, which is traditional technology, where he would have to wait two weeks after he returned the device to get the report, he wouldn't have survived. Wow. So, we hundred percent that this, our technology saved lives. So, that from a cardiology perspective for high risk patients, it's a game changer. Wow. The fact that they they can send the patient home and know that hey, this patient, if something happens, I'm going to get alerted and I can deal with them is a huge, uh, huge benefit. Now, wow. on top of that. Um, what has happened is we, it's adoption, right? And adoption is great if you, uh, if you can maintain adoption versus churn, right? Cause you That's always right. have this churn loss no of doubt. customer. No doubt. The thing that is very interesting about it is we have a hundred percent reorder rate and almost a hundred percent retention rate. We don't lose <laughs> customers. Wow. So this is why we keep growing. And right. because it's a high class, because problem, our man. solution, <laughs> That's great. Exactly. And because <laughs> And we structured our business as a recurring revenue model. So we generate per, uh, uh, per patient based on usage. So product is used, we generate uh, revenue. So every time it's used, 
we, we, we generate a revenue, a revenue stream. So once we open up a clinic or a hospital and we move on to the next one, well, that hospital and that clinic keeps on using those devices, right? It goes on a patient A, patient A comes back, returns the device, cleaned up, put on a patient B. And so if we have that reorder rate and that retention rate, as long as we sell in October, November is bigger because we have new clinics that open up in November and October, all of the ones from October, because you have a hundred percent reorder rate and you don't lose customers. It's always bigger. Got it. Amazing. Um, and I'm sure while growth is like your top priority, um, in terms of hiring salespeople, getting out to do markets, et cetera, um, there's also gotta be an innovation angle to it. And you've gotta, I'm sure just based on my observations of you that you're thinking ahead, what does the future look like? What can you share with us in terms of, uh, potential future uses and, and technology? Yeah. So, I mean, for us, yeah, I'm always thinking like three, right. five years ahead, where do I see things going, yeah. right? And so, you know, I would like distill it down and simplify to this, right? We are at the beginning of that funnel, right? So patient has risk. They end up getting diagnosed for a cardiac condition. That's what where biotricity comes in. We help diagnose patients. But now that patient, it's a lifelong journey. There's no cure to cardiac disease. That's right. And so we, but we don't touch that patient. So what happens to that patient? Well, they get procedures, they get medication, they get into disease management, they get into lifestyle programs, they get into behavioral health programs, all of these little different facets of their journey through the cardiac condition. And this is where biotricity and our vision is to continuously innovate and build a product portfolio and then expand our product portfolio so that it touches every single aspect of that patient's life as they go through that cardiac journey. So we, 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 we're starting a diet diagnostics. And then once we go past diagnostics, okay, well, how do we deal with the patient during disease management? How do we integrate behavioral health? How do we put all of those pieces together? Many of those are software solutions. Many of those are augmented with other devices that can be put in. So you put in other uh, medical devices and and uh, other home-based devices that can be used uh, you know, in conjunction with um, some of our other technology. And that all eventually leads to a better diagnosis. And so sure. that's kind of how we think of, you know, where we're going as a company in terms of, you know, biotricity and our innovation and, you know, that, that, you know, journey. So three years from now, five years from now, I think we're going to go through two transformations and biotricity today, you're not going to recognize it two years from now. That's so crazy. I mean, and, and amazing as well. Um, you're, you are the leader. Not only are you the founder, but the leader. Uh, share with us two or three of your like leadership lessons learned or like what's, what's your approach to leadership, especially as you've grown your team? Yeah, uh, that's always a tough question. I always have to think about like, you know, what <laughs> there's always like 15, right? So top three. Right. So one, one I think I <laughs> sort of shared is this idea of parallelization, right? Parallelization is so critical breaking tasks down and helping your managers, helping the team understand that as well. Like stuff that is not sequential, um, do it in parallel if, if you can, especially because it shortens the timeline, right? And it makes things go faster. So that is that is one uh, lesson that I think is, is, is very important and one that should be, you know, everybody should kind of think about. And it's very unique, especially in healthcare, because people were shocked that, hey, how are you able to do all of this testing and this regulatory work in such a short time period? Well, it's because we parallelized it. We did it in 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 certain aspects that were not dependent parallel in, in parallel. And even the even the professionals in this space were like confused by this strategy, right? They're like, well, yeah, I guess it does make sense. Well, why would you have to wait? <laughs> right. And so so I think that is a and I think that is 
something that can be applied in every industry, right? Sure. The, the second thing, which I think is important, is to be able to roll up your sleeves and do things. You know, people, a lot of managers and stuff, uh, my hiring practice and how I like to hire people are like, can you do it yourself? Mm. Can you actually roll up your sleeves and do it yourself if you have to? Push, come to shove. It's 12 o'clock at night. You're a marketing person. Right. And you have to put a digital campaign on. Right. Can you actually go you gotta do it. turn on that digital ad? Could you do it yourself? Right. Could you upload the graphics? Could you turn it on? Could you manage it and, and do all of that? And so rolling up your sleeves and being hands-on is super, super critical, right? And I do not think you can effectively manage a team or do basically anything um, to, to, to the full uh, level of efficiency if you're not able to do the tasks that you're delegating. So totally I think for agree. leaders, it's very, very, yeah. So for leaders, it's very, very important to hire managers that are hands-on. I see. I love that. And I think, and so many, not everyone is right. And I, and it's really annoying when they're not, they don't have that bias for action. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that's, that's an, an, an important thing. And I think that it's super critical and, and, and that's how you should hire and that's how you should find people. Right. And, you know, the third thing, which I think is, um, very important is quantification. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I'm a very quant person and, right. and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's qualitative. Right. But you know, people are like, and I, I and I stress to my managers and I stress to the team <laughs> is like, always try to quantify things. Right? right. Like if you're going to like, Oh, this takes too much time. Okay. How many minutes? <laughs> like give me a number right, right. like and, and, and like, but they haven't and, and most people don't teeth. think about that level of detail you know they, they right. gotta really force themselves to go there exactly and but it works so well right so what we went is you know i had this thing about uh reviewing of data right and they were they were talking about data review and stuff like that from sales and sales was saying well it takes us this much time to review our accounts uh, and, and, and I said, okay, well, well, how much time is that? So they came back and they, and, and I looked at the number of minutes and they said, well, that's a lot of time. And I said, okay, where is the bulk of your time spent? And, you know, they identified the areas and I said, okay, well, can we fix that? Yes, we can fix that. If we have these other data points, great. Let's go to engineering, engineering, built all those data points into the, in the clinics and we reduce the time. Right. And so now their ability to manage accounts is, is much more efficient, but it had to be quantified because sometimes you quantify and you realize actually that's not where we're spending time. Totally. So why would we invest in making that more efficient? Wow. And, you know, I, you said, said three, I gave you three, but I'll give you, you know, uh, a fourth oh, one. Oh, good. Bring it. Say, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it's like bonus. Is, yeah, which is a sense of urgency. Oh, I love that. You know, people, urgency and ownership, they're actually two together. So there are people, and I really stress people, hire people who take ownership and they have a sense of urgency. And what that means is when when they, they need to get a task done. You know, I gave that example of 12 o'clock and you have to put a digital marketing. The person who's going to be up at 12 o'clock to do that has a sense of ownership and urgency. Totally. They want to knock it out. And, they want to own it. They want to get executed, see the results move fast. Right. And, o and ownership is so critical because many people don't like to own it because ownership means responsibility, All which right. means you're going to be held accountable. But how right? do you screen that out? Okay. Cause I think a lot of people in an interview process, like, yeah, I'm hands-on. Yeah, dude, I'm up at midnight. And then they get in and they're really not that person. Like, how do you screen through for that? It's tough to screen. I mean, we do a lot of like testing and role-playing and all of that other Got stuff. It. But the other thing is, especially in the beginning, don't be afraid of, of, 
changing, uh, making a change and, and, and finding somebody else, right? Got Sometimes it. you have to make those decisions, hard decisions, but you win time that way. Right. Because you can't even me, right? Like you can't effectively delegate anything. If the person who you're delegating it to it is not going to own it. <laughs> so right? it, it, you, you've only, True. you've only moved half of it off your plate. Right. right. It still has to get done. <laughs> it's not getting it done. It has to get done. <laughs> Totally true. Yeah. So then what'll what'll end up happening is if you have the sense of ownership and urgency, then and it doesn't get done at six o'clock, then at six oh five, you're on it. <laughs> right. So you That's haven't so really true. moved it off your plate. Man, I love that. I think we should go to all fifteen, but we don't have time. <laughs> God, dude, I love I think, this. I think the listeners I think the listeners will be like, Oh my god. No, <laughs> fifteen. Many, we got many. through four. We're 28 minutes in. Um, That means we got to have you back on. This is cool, man. I I love this. What an exciting time. Um, And I, you know, I love this race. You got so much runway in front of you and like it's stretch for your brand. And I can't wait. I mean, like I I was like, we'll have you back on next year, but I I mean, it'll be even, I can't wait to hear like where the product's going and what you've got coming next. So we definitely want to have you come back on. We can talk more leadership principles as well. Um, it's been a blast having you. Share with us, share with the audience where they can find you, connect with you, learn about the product and, and whatnot. Absolutely. So you can learn about us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, all of that. Of course, biotricity.com is our corporate uh, main address. And if you're looking and interested in what we're doing on the consumer side, you can go to bioheart.com. But you know, all of it comes from biotricity.com. Dude, I love it. Dr. Wakas Asadik, so great having you on, man. I'm so excited for you and God, I'm so impressed. It's just, it's, you can just feel the energy around what you're doing. So thanks so much for being here today. And thank you for having us. We're super excited. We love to get on these things and share our story. You know, we're also a public company. So, you know, Absolutely. It's, it's something that is a part of part of our, our jobs, right? We have to uh, make sure that uh, individuals like yourself and listeners and things like that, you know, can capture our story. I love it, man. Thanks for being here. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.